All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. You're here with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing this weekend? Yeah, not too bad. It's Tuesday. The week's going by, and we're here recording episode 14 today. Episode 14. We had a great response with the Ian Kessrick interview um, last week. Yeah, so if you haven't checked it out yet or missed a week of you know podcast episodes definitely go check it out he told some great stories of being on the road as a chl echl and ahl player over the years and also a very very nice guy and i received a notification from some of the charts for apple podcasts or podcast ratings in general and we made it all the way to 104 now is that in hockey is, is, is that hockey podcast? You know, if that's, I mean, I know worldwide, but it's is United, that, States. United States. Okay. Yeah. So people listening in, subscribing to us, it does help. I mean, any little thing. And, and you know, for the people that don't listen to it, if you like us as people, if you're friends, family, whatever, give us the radio on Apple podcast, subscribe, you don't have to listen to us, but anything helps. Anything helps. Right. And we do get some interviews. Uh, we don't have any interviews this week, but we do have an interview next week, which we'll talk about another uh, a former NHL, AHL yep. player. So we'll yep. get to that. Yep. And as well as we do have quite the show for you guys, uh, there was some news this week. So we'll be talking about the lots of news that we'll be talking about the dreaded uh, D'Angelo incident with the New York Rangers. We'll be talking about uh, New Jersey Devils. Devils uh, will now be missing more games than any team has this season. Yep. Um, the NHL borrowing $1 billion, with a big old B, billion dollars. We'll be talking about the Bruins versus Capitals, the past two wild ride of games. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about that right now. We've got to talk about Frederick, right? Oh, yeah, that'll be in there. And then uh, we'll, I'll briefly mention a funny thing about Ryan McDonough of the Tampa Bay Lightning and then uh, Sam Bennett. Um, his agent suddenly revealing that he wants out of Calgary. Yeah, very, so, very, very strange. And I have some uh, history on this date in hockey that I will cover later on as well. All right. Well, let's kick the show off then, Dad. So we'll talk about the most controversial thing first, which is the, the D'Angelo incident, um, New York Rangers defenseman. So what happened, Andrew? So ciphering through the rumors and what people thought, the original rumor was – uh, D'Angelo got on uh, Georgiev, uh, their goalie, for playing the puck uh, and, and ended up as a goal, and they won the game, whoever they were playing, I forgot. And then uh, an altercation between D'Angelo and the goalie um, because of what D'Angelo said, and then the original report said Kreider came up and punched him in the face or something. A little bit of a dramaticness, but after siphoning through it after a few days and after D'Angelo cleared waivers, which, by the way, he just signed a two-year deal worth $4.8 million a year. So he's now buried under the waivers, did not get claimed. But the real story is D'Angelo did approach Georgiev about it and gave him shit for it, essentially. And I guess Georgiev had enough of it. There was an incident in the hallway in between the locker room and everything after the game. And uh, the rookie, Keandre Miller, is the one that stepped in to break it up and um, the GM, uh, I don't, I don't remember who the GM was for New York Rangers off the top of my head, but he came out and had said that, uh, D'Angelo had already been given a warning and a, a big part of his attitude problem that led to him being the waivers isn't all the rumors you've been hearing about the racism or his politics or him supporting Trump has nothing to do with that. In fact, he was still on the team after he made a big spectacle about Trump on his social media. 
The reason why is because he was scratched. He was a healthy scratch, I think, in the second or third game of the season. Um, and apparently he didn't move on from that. Okay. Very, very upset, felt very entitled. Apparently his attitude problems kept up. And uh, GM basically said, one more incident is what he said. One more incident and your ass is on waivers. Sure as shit. Another incident on waivers. Nobody's going to claim that attitude. It's crazy because he didn't have super successful years up until last year, which a lot of New York Rangers say is a fluke, but over 50 points in about 60 something games. So now that you've heard the story, ciphering through the rumors, what do you think about that, dad? These talented players with attitude problems, they're getting buried now in the waivers. Well, it is interesting. And, you know, and we had the whole Dubois uh, line, a trade too. that. Uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about it or not. And it's all these young players, man, wanting, you know, thinking that they can kind of run their mouths and do their thing as an old school guy. You know, I, I, I don't like it. I don't know if it's a generational thing or not, but in this case, you never talk to the goalie. It's kind of an unwritten rule in most locker rooms that you just leave the goalies alone. You know, just like um, Ian talked about last week that I, uh, most of the time coaches that he's had never really addressed him at all. They just kind of leave the goalies alone and that's best to do. So if he got into the goalies business, then I'm sure that didn't go well at all. Well, and you can't have that type of, uh, we'll say locker room cancer. I mean, you just can't have teammates like that. That's not a very uh, team mentality and um, pretty entitled attitude. If you ask me to be upset over being a healthy scratch when he was playing terrible defense. I mean, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's what he's on the taxi squad, but I read that he's basically banned from practice. Yeah, the GM said that he will not be around the team. Basically, he's on the taxi squad um, due to extreme. And that just, again, it's, it's, it, it bodes into that Dubois trade, even though I think Columbus, we talked about it last week, came out on the better end of that deal. But typically when players request a trade or a team has to trade a player, that team trading that player usually ends up getting screwed in the end because the other teams know that they're trying to unload them. Well, so let's see what happens here. If they're just going to let him sit and not play, or if they're going to trade him. And if so, I mean, it's a big, you know, it's a salary cap hit plus who would they get? Right. Well, and the thing is too, is uh, he has a history. Okay. And, uh, and I didn't know this just because I wasn't following hockey at this time as closely, but he had problems leading up to, I think, the 2014 draft is when he was drafted, um, using racial slurs and bullying his other teammates and juniors, you know, that whole thing. So he was part of uh, whatever um, big situation was in juniors back during that time. But he was uh, the pinnacle of that. So it's almost like that Mitchell Miller kid, I think, was his name that got kicked out for, mm -hmm. for the bullying had done. So, yep, these things come back to you. So I just find it interesting that they're actually they're choosing the attitude over the town because they could have just kept him and said well he's a talented guy or whatever you want to say but. you know it it there's a deep rich history in hockey of having a professional attitude and in, in approaching you know this sport in a professional mature way and uh you know th this so far this season has not been good for the nhl these players are demanding things and getting a little bit out of line and I don't understand where it's coming from, but it's a problem. Well, and now that you're on the topic of that, uh, Sam Bennett, 
forward from Calgary. Um, he is suddenly his agent said that he's requesting a trade from Calgary and uh, the team said they were blindsided. They had no idea that he wanted to leave. So what, what do you think, dad, do you think that they're, I mean, what do you think the situation is with these players that are just not telling their teammates, not telling, they just are telling their agents, I want to be traded. And then they just don't want to talk about talk it. About, it right? about the reasons why. And I feel like they owe not only the fans because we pay into their salaries and everything, but the coaches too, the guys who are part of the whole thing. I mean, it's well, kinda... it, it's tough for, you know, like if you don't like your job right now, you could quit and go somewhere else. They really don't have that option. That's really their only defense that I could see. So if they're unhappy at their job, they really, it's either quit and find another profession or, you know, you're stuck on a team. They just can't quit and get another team. So professional athletes are paid, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And that's supposed to be, you know, they're, you know, kind of shut up and play. I heard there was a team meeting, team only meeting, players only meeting, should I say, uh, in Calgary. And after that, He's demanding a trade. So you don't know what happened in the locker room just between the players and the captain. Because uh, Calgary's obviously not been playing well. Right. No, and they haven't. And they've got a really good lineup, too. And, and you can see a lot of the frustrations. You know, I think uh, Matthew Kachuk, I think he's a good player. A lot of people don't like that he's an agitator. Um, but I like the guy. But I, I notice sometimes when he gets upset and everything, he's punching the glass, throwing sticks. He's got the A on. I don't think that that's very, that's not leadership qualities. Every once in a while, it's okay. I think to get frustrated to show emotion, but you can't act like a spoiled brat. It'll be tough. You know, we're going to have some, some good players that we're going to have on guests in our podcast. And, you know, we don't want to put them in that position of, okay, what really happens in a locker room when this spoiled, you know, superstar starts throwing tantrums or do they throw tantrums? You know, no one's going to throw anybody under the bus. I don't think. And I wouldn't put them in that position, but I'd love to ask. Yeah, I would too. It would just be interesting to find out what happens behind the scenes because, you know, getting paid millions of dollars, you think that they, you know, especially guys like Sam Ben, who's been with his teammates for years and years now, it's just crazy that um, suddenly there's this massive disinterest in even being in the locker. I mean, they want to be traded right away. And they're young guys. It's not older guys, Dad. They're young players. Well, and then you have some that uh, – for example, I think it was last night or the night before um, Edmonton had their backup goalie, uh, Stuart Skinner, made his first NHL win. And this is a kid, he's 22, and uh, we put it on our Twitter. Uh, he's 22, and he played with Wichita in the ECHL and then with Bakersfield uh, in the AHL and finally got his opportunity. So there's a kid who's appears to paying his dues, doing his time, progressing, and he gets an opportunity. He's got his first NHL win as a goalie. That's refreshing to see as well. Yeah, it's, it's always refreshing. I was, I was, you know, on the topic of that too. It's refreshing to see a lot of these or some of these rookies. I mean, have you noticed this year all these rookies scoring their first goals? And it's like every night NHL is like, you know, so-and-so scored their first. I mean, I think it's great. The kids are hungry. We're in a weird time right now in the hockey, and especially in the NHL, Dad, where even the vets are not safe. The vets are taking even lower salaries, more pay cuts, and they're having to fight even harder for the team. Look at Corey Perry. I mean, he's lucky he's producing, or his ass would still be on the taxi squad. He was on waivers when he got signed. Right. 
So, and he just made it to a Stanley Cup and played a big part in that. So, guys like Frederick, you get your opportunity. He could have been cut within games. I mean, he didn't, he didn't get his first point for a little while, but he did what he was supposed to do. He's playing really hard. And he's showing up all the other rookies, too. Well, we, 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 we could talk about that. I think the Bruins fans are going a little bit overboard with his fight with Wilson. He did not kick Wilson's ass. No. And people are like, oh, how does Tom Wilson feel to know he got his ass kicked by, you know, a rookie? And it's like, okay, the kid held his own, but he did not beat Tom Wilson. I would say it was a draw. I would say it's a draw, but he did not beat Tom Wilson. And I will say this. As much, as much as I love that Frederick took on the fight and squared up with him, dude, that takes balls. Don't forget, Tom Wilson still got two inches on this kid and 20 pounds. If you look at the first left hand of Wilson grabbing him right when they first started going at it, I mean, he's rocking that poor kid. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. If you look at that, watch it in slow motion. When he grabs at his front collar, boy, I mean, he's he, – He's kind of, oh yeah, he's wow, he's strong. Well, and you notice at the end too, a lot of Bruins fans were saying, uh, you know, he tripped at the end. Okay, I don't think I, he tripped. As biased as I am as a Bruins fan, okay, watch it again. You know what he tripped on? The pure strength of Tom Wilson throwing. I mean, throwing watch, him. Yeah, watch his arm. I mean, he's throwing Frederick. Yeah, he did it. That was not a trip. That was a pull down i mean but 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 again i would say i agree with you it's a draw he stood toe-to-toe with one of the toughest fighters and he showed no fear i mean you see that little fake head bob too i mean he was like about i I just i just hope he doesn't get too cocky and get knocked out or break his face or something well and second nhl fight ever and he challenges wilson one-on-one but remember we were talking about this kid last year right Right. So we've been a big fan of his. Uh, we're glad we got he got the call up. And hopefully he continues to make the team. You know, it's tough. And we're going to talk to one of these players that was sort of the, the enforcer aggressor type player next week. And I think we're going to ask our guest, you know, uh, you know, what's it like that you have to continually produce you know if you're goal scoring you got to score goals but if you're an aggressor like how much do you have to fight and agitate is it every game every other game what is it and we've seen a lot of young kids come up they're tough they hold their own in there but they don't make the team very well they get cut real early on well and the good thing with frederick is obviously the kid has skills too and that's what's keeping him on and he's not a fourth line guy playing six seven minutes a night he is on that third line with Coyle and Smith, and he's looking good. I mean, he's keeping the plays. and So, obviously, we're talking team. about the Bruins. I, I don't know what all the Bruins fans are ranting and raving about, that the Bruins are great because they came back in two games from a three-goal deficit and, and then won one of them. They had a shitty game, both games. It's, it, it was bad. They lost four out of six periods of my estimation. Oh, yeah. No, and, and if you're a Bruins fan, you know they didn't play well. Yeah, the comebacks are great, okay? But game seven against Toronto, they played terribly up until they had a comeback. I, 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 I just – deficit. Bruins have got – still have problems. They're scoring more goals. I'm not going to take the win away. I'm not going to take the tie away. But it was this comeback from behind. You're not going to go far 
in the playoffs if you're going to allow yourself to get down three goals a game. You're not going to win many. No, and it's true. But just to be the devil's advocate here, it is very, very good to see the resiliency of this team. It clearly shows that there is guys who are willing to step up, like Frederick, to spark up the team. There's no fans. What can we do? Our team's down. Wilson shouldn't have taken that fight. All momentum, Boston. And well, then and he wanted he wanted up. to fight Wilson the game before. Right. And Wilson was just basically, you know, it's like we'll fight when I want to fight. Right. He's the vet. He's you know. Right. And you could almost see him like, okay, now's the time, kid. If you want to fight, I'll fight you now. Right. And it ended up kind of backfiring a little bit and pumped up the Bruins. But um, you know, Pasternak is is doing great. I think he's rusty. Um, but boy, he scored two goals. They look great. And, and once he gets going, boy, that's, you know, so I'm glad to see him back, but we still have the same problem, um, with a lot of, you know, we're just pulling up taxi squad. I mean, Kuhlman hasn't done anything. Oh, and by the way, with Kuhlman, home done anything. I don't think Kuhlman even played in the second period. It, it's, it's, it's the same old stuff from the playoffs and we've got to find players that are actually going to make this team stay on the team. So we have some consistency on the third and fourth line. Right. And even though Bjork had a better game, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Bjork fan as the listeners know, but he still, he made a couple good, he made one good play. I think that helped made a goal, but you got to do that every game. Right. And like, Frederick, if you're not going to score, if you can't produce a point, you've got to do something. And that's where certain players, in my opinion, that super fast, super skillful guy, I mean, you can't put all your eggs into one basket unless you're a Pasternak or Novechkin where you're such an elite goal scorer. You don't have to play great defense, right? I mean, to an extent, but – that's why these young kids, they got to figure out other ways. They got to be diverse. You can't just there, rely on there their used skill. To be, there used to be a player on the team that would shadow a Gretzky or Lemieux. Like, for example, Steve Casper from the Bruins back in the 80s. He was, if I remember right, he, he used to shadow Gretzky. His job was to follow the superstar and shadow him and not let him get away. Period. That was, that was his job, and he would do that. And I think we need to start doing that. Um, with Ovechkin and all these other superstars that are scoring goals left and right is, you know, and I know it's hard on a power play. You can't shadow somebody, but we, I think maybe we need to go back to that system of having a player and saying, look, every time Ovechkin's out there, you're on him right, all the time. Don't even worry about the puck. Just stay on him and just get in his face the whole time. Someone like a Fred. Right. Absolutely. And I don't know what happened to that. I'm not a, you know, coaching strategist person, but I want to know where, where does that happen? Cause you know, Ovechkin just sits at the same place all the time, left face off circle. Right. And just sits here and waits for the puck to come over to him and one times it just like Pasternak has kind of taken that same model. Right. And I get it. Power play. That's different, but it's like, it just shadow the guy. Anyway, I don't want to, what, what do We'll move on. Yeah. Well, no, other than that, um, last thing to talk about for the Bruins, which was our biggest worry, all the fans' biggest worry going into the season was the defense. And Lausanne's beautiful pass to Craig Smith with the goal and then uh, Zaboral's pass, 
the defense is looking great. And those kids have some offensive upside, which is good because you lose Krug, and that was our big offensive defenseman. Right. And it doesn't seem like we're missing him all that much. Or Chara. Of course, everybody wants Chara scored the goal right, on Twitter, right, right, and every, right. every Bruins fan's like, I told you we still had him. We should have had him. We look better without Chara. 100%. And I was one of those. I will be, I'll be honest. I'll say it. I was for Char staying. I thought he still had a use on the Bruins team. I'm glad that we're going with the youth movement right now. They look great. Well, the deep and our goaltending, I mean, Halak should have had at least one or two the other night. But again, it's easy for us while we're, you know, eating potato chips on the couch. Right. While he's making millions and actually playing the game. Right. But with that aside, right. It looked like he had a couple soft goals that he should have had. And, you know, he knows. it. Oh, and did you see the Hullabuck goal? Oh, God, from center ice? Not even center ice, their blue line. I was about to say, it was actually a bit past center ice. It was their blue line. What was Hullabuck doing? I just think the puck bounced on him, and it just, I mean, it happens. Like, you think you got it, you become complacent, and all of a sudden it takes a weird bounce, and all of a sudden it gets past you, and you're just like, what? And hey, speaking of bouncy pucks. And of course, he's, let's give it to him. He's a great goaltender, one of the best in the league. Well, he won the best goaltending trophy last year. He's right? one of the best in the league, but it just goes to show you that any little fluke thing can happen. And it's just embarrassing. And I'm glad, at least on um, the Twitter feeds that I look at, not that I get on Twitter that much, they're not really showing a lot of that because he doesn't need to be embarrassed like that. It was just one little mistake. Right. It's a highlight reel, but we don't need to throw it in his face. And it doesn't appear to be, but no, and, I, and, I think the Jets are having some issues right now anyway. But And it's one of those things like Connor McDavid missing a wide open empty net one time. I mean, even the best of the best right. are not perfect. But um, I did want to say, though, uh, with the Hellebuck thing, uh, man, what was it? You know what? I forgot. Lost my train of thought. But, well, Dad, do me a favor. Yeah. What? Is up. Oh, here it is. Did you hear about those tracking pucks that the league had a recall? Yeah. And yeah. what the hell is that? What the what, tracking pucks for what? What are you trying to track? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And now screwing up the players' shots and everything. And well, it's pretty good. They asked Marchant, you know, and he said he didn't even know. <laughs> so, so, you know, Fair enough. whatever. Whatever. I was wondering. All right, Dad. So, Something that I saw you post on yeah. our Twitter. So the NHL has borrowed a billion dollars with a B. And basically it's just for the COVID relief of um, teams will have up to, I think it's $30 million each team will have uh, to take on as a, as a loan if they need it during this season. So it's just a little bit of an insurance to kind of say, all right, teams, you know, if you guys need this, you can have up to 30 million. I'm not, I'm sure it's a loan to the team. I don't think it's a, you know, they're just going to take a billion and just give it away. I'm, I don't know the details of that, but I do know that each team is approximately can have uh, $30 million uh, if they need it, when they need it uh, during the season to help because they're going to be, they're bleeding money. There's no way they're making money. Right. Well, and they're losing more money by playing, correct? Mm-hmm which would explain why J- uh, Jacobs, the owner of the Boston Bruins, was really upset with Bettman about saying, let's play. Because at first I was confused. I'm like, why the hell is he upset? We get to play, guys get to make money, but didn't realize they were losing a shit ton by playing. 
Yeah, well, he owns all these arenas and concession stands, right? Delaware North. I mean, we talk about it almost every week, and they're not making any money. There's no one buying hot dogs, popcorn. That's true. So, uh, you know, there's nobody in the stands or very little in the stands. So, anyway, yeah, that's what's going on with the NHL. Well, do you have some to say, or can we move on to the New Jersey Devil COVID news? Yeah, go ahead. New Jersey Devils was only going to miss like one or two games. Well, I was reading on Twitter, you know, with all the hockey insiders, different people and stuff. Um, they're going to miss more games. It's going to be like a Dallas Stars situation right before the season. Yeah. They're going to miss over about a week and a half, which about four or five games. Yep. Really putting them in a tough spot, man. I mean, that's well, – and apparently the, almost the whole team has COVID. Yeah, well, you can't – you know, they'll have to trace it and see what happened. And it's tough. It's going to happen. It's not like there's no one's going to get COVID. This is the, you know, it's the worst case scenario. And uh, I guess the good news is if the whole team has it. Then when, you know, when they have it, they probably, according to, you know, your stepmom, my wife, you can't get COVID again for three months once you recover. And I'm sure by then they'll also have their shot. So it's only a short term thing with them. Right. Well, and it is going to be a bigger deal because the last episode we did talk about, I think it was the central division with the hurricanes and everything um, that they are going to be having trouble. I mean, they're going to play like what 54 games in 102 days. So that's a game every other day. So like we were talking about, but there's a, there's a catch up week too. Right. Right. But like we were talking about earlier with the younger kids, this is their perfect opportunity during the shortened season, especially with injuries too. I mean, you can't forget injuries are going to happen all these kids are going to have a chance. And I think that we're going to see a, a lot of new players in the league next year with cemented positions and lineups because of this season. So, and AHL is AHL starting up soon. Yep. And it's sad because the Providence Bruins, it's a 24 game schedule. Yeah. The Providence Bruins plays two teams in their division. Yeah. That's it. But so, at least, at least we've got development players playing. Well, and that's the reason why the AHL had to come back. You can't have those guys sitting no, there not playing for another it. year, six months. I mean, that's not – especially if you're prospects. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a time thing that you have to get on, so. All right. Are you ready for my little bit? Oh, real, real quick. Yep, right go ahead. Just something funny. I was on Instagram today and just goes to show you can – be a Stanley Cup winner. You could be making millions of dollars, but you got to think about your future. Brian McDonough. I saw this on a uh, total frat move, actually. So it wasn't even a hockey page. And it was Ryan. I, are Mc you sure this is legit? This is legit, yes. You're sure? I'm positive. Okay. At least I hope. It looked positive to me. Well, <laughs> they had somebody had taken a video of and somebody's written intro to the class, you know, how it's I mean, like you're an online, professor. it's an online class, right? It's an discussion introduction, board thing, right? right? Like, hello, I'm so-and-so. And Ryan McDonough, it's funny. I mean, they zoomed in, he did the whole thing, like, oh my, I can't believe he's in this class. Well, it's just funny. I'm kind of reading what I can read and he's acting like it's no big deal. Like, so glad to be in this class. Yeah, I'm a professional athlete, but, and just tries to not talk about hockey. I got 18 credit hours left to finish. And it's just so weird that, you know, he's been playing the NHL for what, over about a decade now or something. He's been in the league for a while, but got to think about your future. And he knows hockey ain't going to last forever. He's got to get a job. Well, you know, I, I'm talking off the cuff and I shouldn't, but that's part of our podcast that we can do. And 
back in the day, 60s, 70s, even 80s, it's sort of like players would either go into some sort of like a business model, meaning they'd go into like a lot of them would go into insurance because, you know, you can get your insurance license pretty easy and you can sell insurance. A lot of them used to invest heavily into uh, uh, restaurants. Like I remember, I think it was up in for all the Massachusetts folk, you know, there was EJ's was a restaurant. I believe when I was a kid up near, I want to say Rowley or somewhere up there, but there was EJ's restaurant, Bobby Orr, I think had a restaurant. Doesn't Gretzky have one too? Yeah. So they used to invest in some things, but a lot of players would go into like, uh, you know, either some sort of banking or insurance, something like that, that didn't require a college degree because a lot of them didn't have it. Right. And of course that's changed over the years, but yeah, he's got to look for what he wants to do. I and mean, think about it. I mean, you're retired pretty early in your thirties, most NHL players. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Right. Yeah. And now, yeah, they could just, hopefully if they invest their salaries, they maybe not have to work, but come on no one's going to retire at age 36. I mean, they're still going to go on and do something with their lives. Right. And that's the whole point. What are you going to, what do you want? And I don't think they're going to be selling insurance these days. No, not, not nothing against insurance, insurance people, but I'm just saying, you know, that's doesn't pay the bills for these guys. They're going to want something better. So they need to get, uh, did he say what major he was? I'd have to look. Okay. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But, I mean, even our guest that we just had on the show, Ian Kestrich, after hockey and everything, he went into, I think, real estate. Yeah, Ian went into real estate. He also was, uh, I think he told me he was a car sales manager gotcha. at a big dealership. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, those are the type of things that, you know, players have to do, you know. Yep. Some, some players on the Tulsa Oilers that are, you know, plumbers. Yeah. You know, they'll go into a trade as well. So, uh well, yeah, good, good for him. I mean, he's got to do something when the career is over. So he's thinking about it. Probably his wife. I'm sure he's married. His wife's probably getting on his ass to say, what the hell are you going to do? You know? Well, Evander Kane better figure something out because oh, he's got, he's going to need to recoup that money. So, <laughs> man. So I have a little bit of just, uh, I'm guesstimating that it's actually February 2nd when we're recording this, but um uh, I'm guessing it's going to come out on February 4th. So I wanted to kind of throw out there um, this day in hockey. Okay. So I'm going to say February 4th. Well, first of all, February 2nd, I did post on our Twitter today that uh, uh, Jerry Cheevers back in 1972, uh, this date back then, he had a 2-0 shutout and it was his 18th game that he was undefeated and he actually went on to set a record of 32 undefeated games. Wow. But uh, that was just that. So anyway, February 4th in 1961, because at the moment the Northeast is having a big Nor'easter. So uh, 1961 at the Boston garden, there was a two hour delay. The game didn't start till a little after 10 PM at the Boston garden with the New York Rangers in town because the New York Rangers couldn't get to Boston. They were on a train and it was delayed. It took them like eight hours to get from New York city to, to Boston. Uh, the Rangers won two to one that game. And uh, you know, 
And that's not uncommon in the Northeast. I remember some other Bruins games having a late start, uh, you know, just, you know, because players have a tough time getting in and so forth. But now it's pretty much it's chartered flights. I mean, right. you're going in. No this, excuses. This was they went on a train. So yeah, anyway, that was kind of interesting. Okay, 1997, Mario Lemieux scores his 600th goal in a 6-4 win versus the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. 1997. 600 goals is a lot. 1989, Gorky earns his 44th hat trick and the first hat trick with the Los Angeles Kings in a 5-3 victory over the Buffalo Sabres in Los Angeles. You said 40 what? 44th hat trick and his first hat trick as a king. Can you imagine having that many hat tricks? Yeah. And 2003, Yarmir Yarger scores his 500th goal in a 5-1 win over Washington. And he also had a hat trick in that game. 13 years later on that date, he sets up Brandon uh, Pyrie for a goal, making Yager's 1,100th assist and a 6-3 win over Detroit. And that guy's still playing. I was about to say, he's still playing. How old is he? He's your, he's older than you, right? He's 50. I don't know how. I don't think he's that old, but maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know how he's still playing. We'll have to look it up. We'll have to look it up. But boy, I mean, that's just, that's something. Yeah. That he's still playing. Well, and he owns the team. So it's just hilarious to me that if he wants to suit up, he's going to suit up and play. <laughs> that is. And funny. if he doesn't want to, he's the owner. Yeah. Just throw somebody in there. That is funny. That is funny. Imagine having that power. If I want to play professional hockey with my team that I own today, I can do that. Regardless of which league it is, it don't matter. That's just. Yeah. And the coach isn't really going to give you too much crap. Right. What are you going to say to the owner of the team? I don't want you to play today. Right. And he's still scoring. Right. I mean, he's still, it's not like he's a pylon out there. Yeah. I mean, he's still scoring. Well, you know, it's tough to maintain, you know, you're, if you're a vet, it's, it's, it's hard to play in the NHL. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just hear from interviews that players say they know when it's time to hang it up because it's literally, they, they feel embarrassed out there. Like they, they know, they know is, is from what retired players have said in interviews and, you know, we'll see what happens with Chari. How old is he? 43, 43, 43 or 44. And yeah. He's still getting the job done, but you know, sooner or later, you know, these young kids are going to keep blowing by him. And he's on the top pairing now too. I don't know if you noticed that, I, but that's what he wanted. That was probably the deal that he made with, you know, the caps and it's early on in the season. I wish him well. He's a great leader, a great player. Um, so yeah, good luck to him. Well, if the people listen to our podcast have made it this far, they're going to get a very nice surprise because we yeah. announce our next guest. So our guest is going to be Bobby Robbins, Bobby Robbins, former NHL Played with the Bruins uh, for a, a little while. Just three games. Uh, but season. made a good impact. Um, we're going to bring – oh, and then he played in the AHL for how many seasons? I think three, four with, years in Providence. With Providence. Yep, yep. So most of our listeners that follow the black and gold community, uh, you know, know him well. And we're going to sit with him for probably about an hour uh, at the end of this week. So hopefully this will come out either Saturday or Sunday, our interview with him. And we're going to ask him a bunch of things. Um, 
he beat the crap out of Luke Shen. Yeah. Dude, and, he, he found McQuaid in the scrimmage. Yeah, and he beat McQuaid. Yeah. I'm not saying beat him up, but won the fight, in my opinion. Yeah. In the scrimmage. If you watch that Bobby, takes brass balls to go against Luke Shen and McQuaid. If you haven't watched Bobby Robbins fight, just look it up. The guy hasn't lost too many. No, he is not. And lost he was a much. chirper, an agitator, and we're gonna and a great guy, and we're gonna love to have him on here at the end of the week, and uh, we will uh, post that as soon as we can. And just like Ian Kessrich, it's not just another guest on the show but bobby has an incredible story of his journey to the nhl and it gives a lot of light and credit and kudos to those grinding players or even the guys who fight often um and he made it he now don't be that guy says oh he only played three games he did sustain he had a concussion in uh, history received a head injury in the first game back right, 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 right. but worked very hard he was 32 dad when he yeah. made it so It'll be a good story. People should tune in and listen. Hopefully by this week and we'll have that episode up. Yeah, it'll be good. And that's going to be sort of our, our focus with the podcast is we're, we're obviously been working on trying to get some real good connections in with the hockey community. And we're making good inroads with that. And we want to provide a platform for former players and maybe even some active players to uh, come on board here, whether it be the NHL, AHL, or ECHL and talk to us about their story and share their love of the game. And that's kind of what we look forward to. We'll throw in some news and, and our little things, but we think the uh, interviews will really be helpful to everybody. And nowadays, you know, they'll stay on line for ever almost, I guess. Pretty much. Yeah. As long as you keep something Twitter account. So visit us on Twitter and uh, we're not on Instagram. Nope. Nope, but We're not on Facebook. Follow Black and Gold as well. They're nice enough to have us on yep. uh, their podcast channel and to, to represent us. So yep. Mark does a good job of, of doing sort of editing and yep. transferring our podcast and then the distribution to everywhere. Yeah, you know, he does a great job with that. I really appreciate him doing that. That's a lot of work that we don't have to do. It, it is a lot of work. So we want to always shout out, give some love to Black and Gold yep. Hockey. With that... We will say goodbye and we'll talk with Bobby Robbins at the end of the week and we'll post that as well. So thank you for joining us this week. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for joining in. Thank you.